that we put into our body and we eat or consume should have a purpose to it, right? And if we, we're diabetic or if we have um, um, going through a divorce or whatever it is, what is the purpose of that meal that you're getting ready to partake in your body? What, what is it going to do for you? Do you believe that God wants you healthy? Then join me, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast, where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Healthy For My Purpose. We are so glad to be back with you another week. Have you heard the news? We have launched our new book, Daniel Fast, Why You Should Only Do It Once. It is available for pre-order and it's going to drop September the 8th. So by the time you're listening to this, you should be um, able to just grab it on Amazon or p- get your pre-order. Um, so we're so excited about that. Um, also, we have an awesome episode coming up. This actually happened because we went to, Gigi and I went to Kansas City, Missouri, and we were referred to a wonderful uh, restaurant called Gigi's Vegan Cafe. And when we went there, we went met a beautiful soul. Um, she's doing so many great things in the community, and she has a powerful story about how she overcame colon cancer with food. Um, and so we ended up um, having a great conversation, and we invited her to come on this podcast because we knew that hearing her story would be of such value to you guys, our audience. And so this episode is Gigi and I sitting down with Gigi the Vegan, and you're going to love this episode because it is raw, it's authentic, it's inspiring, um, it's hopeful, and it's just an amazing story how someone can be in such a position of being diagnosed with stage four cancer and coming out the other side with a life of vibrancy and purpose um, and all of those things. And so without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Healthy for My Purpose. We are absolutely ecstatic to have this guest with us today. We are gonna be talking to the dynamic, the beautiful Gigi Jones, AKA Gigi the Vegan. So we're just gonna go ahead and jump right in. Um, Gigi, um, let's let's just get to the heart of your story. I'm just gonna really like get to the meat of it. Like we look at you today and we see just all of the amazing things that you're doing in the vegan community, the life that you're living in a holistic manner, but can you kind of take us back to Gigi Jones when you were not Gigi the vegan and give us a give us a buildup of how you got to where you are today and where you started? Well, <laughs> I am a parent of four sons. You know, I have four four sons, and uh, before I became and created uh, Gigi the vegan. 
I was a big foodie. And what that means is that I love to eat. I'm originally from Arkansas, you know, and so you can you imagine, you know, you're talking about pig feet and feet and everything else, right? And um, as it relates to um, eating escargot, the list kind of goes on. So technically I was a big meat eater. And, um, but, what what truly happened in my life, what truly changed my life was having, being diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. At that time, I was living what I thought was a healthy lifestyle, and that included a lot of meat, like I said, but uh, of course, I would eat a little bit of salad here and there or whatever, but uh, I had no idea what I was doing uh, to my body was creating um, my body to become at a disease state. Um, and after being diagnosed from, you know, colon cancer and learning that food could be medicine really changed my life dramatically. Um, and of course the stage name came from my son <laughs> that, uh, said, you know, you're no longer Gigi Jones, you're Gigi the vegan because not only did I change from what I ate, but I became more conscious about the animals, about the world that we live in and about people. Mm -hmm. um, and I became so conscious about what I put on my body. I don't wear any leather, you know, I don't do a lot of things that I used to do before. Mm -hmm. And that was a real awakening and it, I feel as though I always tell people it's a huge connection to God. You know, I feel much more love. I feel I give more love. I am more happier than I ever been in my life. And I am grateful every day. And that wasn't me before. That other person was the stressed person and the money-making person and the cared only about myself. And currently what I'm doing right now is really for the people and not necessarily for me. And that's, that's, that's the real story. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Um, so let's, you know, you mentioned that you were diagnosed with can, um, colon cancer and that was where you kind of pivoted. Tell us a little more about that. Like, you know, usually when somebody gets a diagnosis, yeah. it's almost like you're thinking, that's it. Like, how did you turn to food as medicine? Because a lot of times, you know, people are chasing the latest medicine and things like that. How did you, how were you able to navigate that space to, to, for that? So when I was first diagnosed, what happened was I had planned this trip to Switzerland, actually, uh, because I wanted to go and have chocolates there. <laughs> I wanted to go and see the prettiness, you know, everyone talks about Switzerland, the grass and everything in the, in the chocolates, you know, and I wanted to experience this. And I was taking myself on this trip. And um, at that time we had, for, you know, Obamacare. So I, I had an opportunity to get all checked up and checked out before I, before I head out of town. I don't know what that connection was. And now I know why, you know. And uh, at that time, I decided to ask my doctor, which I think that that's something that we all should do, because a lot of times our doctors do not suggest having a colonoscopy, right? 
And especially when you get 50, they say it, it is very important. We, we, we get this by age 50, but I think now it's even younger, you know, because of our food system. But at any rate, um, I suggested uh, that to him. And he said, yeah, I think that's a great idea that you should do it. And who would have known that, you know, a few days later, the results came back the way that they did, which he called me over the phone. And the conversation was, you know, um, I really, your results are back and we really need to talk about how we're going to manage uh, what's happening to you. And I said, well, what is happening to me? I thought I was healthy, you know? And he went on to describe what they found and where I was. He said, but I'm gonna send you to a specialist and I need to see, I need you to see him ASAP. And at that time, I don't know, I just had an out-of-body moment. I wasn't me, I wasn't, you know, I was, I felt it wasn't true. It wasn't real, you know, it wasn't real uh, to me. I just felt that it wasn't. I still feel the way that I did when I first was diagnosed. I went to see the specialist. And as he's speaking, I'm sobbing and he's telling me he's going to take, and that's what I, that's when I think I had the connection when I went to see him, because at that time I could see everything, you know, on his wall, how he drew what he's going to do during the operation. Right. And, um, what he needed to do with my small intestines and the chemo that we were, you know, that I needed at the time. And, and if this doesn't work, then we're gonna do this. And so I think with sobbing and the fear steps in and said, oh my God, this is really happening to me. And it didn't, cancer doesn't run in my family. High blood pressure and diabetes does, you know, and not cancer. And so it was also oh, just unsurreal. I just felt that it was, the end of my life and what I was going to tell my sons and my grandchildren. And I'm one of those people that I really used to keep everything to myself, you know, stress and what I'm going through. I never shared it. I always held it in. And to actually have to share something like this. And I knew I had to, I couldn't run off and have surgery without them knowing they were going to find out where is she, what is she doing? And so, uh, but I had to really sit with myself and what that was like during that time was, it was painful, you know, it was painful. It was shameful because I'm thinking colon cancer, you know, I think that's the worst area you can get obtained. I don't know why that was a connection there, but I felt shame and I felt regret because thinking about all the harm that I was doing to my body that I didn't know I was creating, you know, and um, just the idea of having to have surgery, just really, um, I was drained. I was at, I was at, I think I just hit rock bottom. And to hear the doctor before I left, I said, well, what can I do to get my body strong, strong enough that I can possibly not have chemo, you know, and straighten the body, no chemo, and I can actually get through and recover much faster. And when he said absolutely nothing, I felt, I don't know, it was something in my soul that said, there gotta be something that you can do, you know? 
absolutely nothing. So uh, I decided to share the news with my family, um, called a meeting with my sons, and um, you know, everyone just seeing fear in their eyes um, was just the most devastating, or should I say, depressed state that I ever felt in my life. I was helpless. I was, I was, uh, I had no hope. And my future was dim. And I really wanted to live longer for my grandchildren and thinking about them and, uh, you know, getting married and enjoying life with them. And I think that diagnosis too kind of made me feel sick. You know, even though there was no symptoms, I had, I had no symptoms that I can think of, but I, but I feel like that diagnosis kind of put me in a state of fear and sadness that truly made me sick. So I decided to just talk to God, sit with God and pray as much as I could and to seek answers. So in doing that, I had to make my home as pure as possible, meaning that for a couple of days I had no visitors. I just had to sit with myself and God and ask questions like, you know, I felt that I was being forsaken, you know, that uh, I felt that, you know, why is this happening to me out of all the people in the world? I've, I've, I've done this. I, I was a good person. <laughs> And I tried my best to eat as great as I could. I didn't cause any harm to anyone else. And why this was happening to me and it didn't run in my family. It was, you know, and I asked those questions. And the reason why I asked those questions because I needed answers on why this was happening. And um, I believe the third day and going through that process and sitting with God that I was given the answer that I needed. And it was that um, that surgery wasn't the way. Yeah. But uh, I think sometimes we need to get in a place of just being with ourselves and being with God and allowing God to truly come through to give you the answer that you need. And uh, I had faith and truly believe that that was, <laughs> that God spoke to me and said that this was not the way for me that if I choose this way that I would truly die from it. Yeah. But I had no way. <laughs> what that mean was there was no extra instructions on what to do. Right. Um, so I started Googling things and I found it was very, very ridiculous and I knew it wasn't true. And then I went back to bed the next day said, God show me the way. This is, I don't know what to do. Um, what do you want me to do? And then right after that, the China study appeared. Oh, yeah. And the China study kind of tells you that you can turn disease off and on by the choices that we make. And it's truly in food. 
Um, and then I said, okay, this is it. However, they didn't suggest what foods I needed to eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then um, I watched it, I think for two days straight over and over to make sure that I didn't miss anything. And then the second day that I watched it, um, Hippocrates Health Institute popped up, Brian Clemens. Mm -hmm. uh, Hippocrates state that they help people help themselves. And they had a cancer program. And what they taught, what Brian Clement kind of talked about was allowing food to be your medicine, kind of mm -hmm. the same the same way, similar to the China study. However, they helped you do it. So what I decided to do at that time, I called the Parkinson's Health Institute, kind of talked to them about what their program was really about. And Lord and behold, it was about sprouting. It was about raw foods, uh, living foods. And um, I decided to go. And <laughs> arriving there and seeing what they, I, I've never seen um, food, or should I say real food like that before in my life. Yeah. And what I mean is, you know, broccoli sprouts, oh, everything was sprouted. Beans were sprouted. Uh, didn't know you can sprout beans. Didn't know you can sprout lentils. Everything sprouted and fresh. And um, anyway, um, I decided to opt out of surgery to go to Hippocrates so that I can, if I did decide to have surgery, that um, I'd be ready for it if I needed to. But after um, three weeks coming back, I stayed on the regimen, meeting living foods, no fruit, no smoothies, none of that, no sugar, absolutely in my body for two years. Went back, had another colonoscopy and they couldn't believe that there was nothing there. The only thing that they still saw was uh, I, I guess that the surgeon had highlighted the colon where the, where the cancer was formed. Mm -hmm. um, and that was it. I also decided to go see another specialist because I wanted a second opinion and it wasn't there. So they're saying, Gigi, well, you have to come back at least, you know, twice a month to have a colonoscopy because it's here. We just don't know where it went. It probably, you know, so they wanted to, they had all these different ways of trying to figure out what happened. And, um, but I tell you, I've, I've gotten my life back. I'm much happier than I've ever been. And I am so grateful for and thankful for uh, learning all that I, I did at a Parkinson's Health Institute. And from there, I be, you know, I became an ambassador for them and worked with them and became certified in living foods, went to New York and uh, became a raw food chef um, and created this place here, uh, Gigi's Vegan and Wellness Cafe, where they're only living foods uh, restaurant here in Kansas City. And from there, um, I created uh, Midwest Soul Veg Festival that bring people together, not just in Kansas City, but in Little Rock. 
for education and not just education, but true wellness. Because um, I believe that what happened to me and what how I was able to release cancer from my body wasn't just from food, but also high doses of vitamin C and my mental state. Mm. If you believe that you can do something, then you can, especially mm-hmm. if you have whatever your spiritual, whatever your, you know, I think that all of us have a, a connection to the spirit and we all have these, have, um, I say a higher self, you know, that higher self that truly connects to God, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I believe that when we sit and we hear and we ask questions, those questions will be answered. And it's all about what you do when those, when they, when you receive your answers Mm -hmm. and you cannot be fearful of what you receive back, especially when you ask for it, Mm -hmm. you should follow and, and not allow fear to stop you from following it. And I believe because I'm no special than anyone else, you know, I just decided to do something different because I believe that I was led by the Holy Spirit to do it. And um, being led that way, now I'm able to not only keep myself balanced and healthy, I'm also helping other people I've created a program, 21 Detox program that I've been doing for the last uh, seven years that people have come off of, um, you know, their medications for being diabetic and so on and so forth. I work with several physicians in the area writing nutritional scripts for their, for their patients because now doctors are saying enough is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, they are now saying, I can't have my patient coming back to me two and three times for the same, it it has to be something else, something's not working. And now they're knowing, okay, it has to be the diet. Yeah, yeah. It has to be the diet. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, a couple things, when you said early on, I thought I was eating a healthy diet. I think a lot of us who have been diagnosed with some kind of chronic disease, we're just like baffled when we hear the diagnosis, we think we're eating a healthy diet. And, um, and a lot of that, I think comes from a little bit maybe of denial about, you know, kind of what we're eating and not wanting to, you know, really accept it. But I also think too, the government guidelines kind of confuses people, you know, you think if you're getting in, you know, four servings of vegetables and fruits a day, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And um, the reality is, as you know, it's more like nine, 10, 11, even 12 servings of fruits and vegetables a day that, you know, that you, um, and then, and then saying, okay, you can have this amount of, you know, animal protein, you know, lean, they'll say lean towards, you know, chicken or fish or whatever, or lean cuts of meat, beef. But the reality is, is there are so many substances in those products that create inflammation and change DNA to promote cancer growth in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, But they never talk about that. It's always emphasizing the macronutrients Mm -hmm. um, in the foods and not really those pro-inflammatory substances that, you know, that wreak havoc in our body. Um, 
I think too that you know your your point about um when you were talking about you know coming coming back and just going like two years without eating certain foods like fruits even can you elaborate in terms of like what that diet looked like when you decided to just for two years just eat a very strict kind of living food protocol what what all was involved with that and why no fruit and I think for me, I think once you, what happens is that even if you do, uh, I know that uh, you created the Daniel Fast and, and, and you, you know, support that. Um, however, once you change uh, your habits, then your body change along with you. And what that means is even your taste buds, when you're no longer eating sugar, regardless of what, you know, people say, well, white sugar is bad, but this juicy apple or whatever it is, isn't the same type of sugar. But back in my mom day, that wasn't the same type of sugar, but now it is, you know, it's not the same. Uh, a lot of uh, our fruits are, should I even go into all of that? <laughs> What's happening with our food? You're talking about like conventionally but, grown. Yes, yeah. Oh my that, goodness, you know, yeah. and the list kind of goes on. Uh, but what my diet truly looked like was a green juice in the morning, um, uh, midday, maybe a salad with lots of sprouts. Um, I have a dehydrator, so I would sprout like my legumes and my, um, I would, what was I going? I would sprout my beans and different things like that that was considered raw, you know, you pick them, you soak them, you sprout them. And then they're easier, not just to digest, but they're easy for you to form into different things. And so I could make uh, veggie patties and put the, place those in my dehydrator and just let them sit for, you know, a couple of hours or so. I used to make lasagna and place it in the sun, you know, um, and that lasagna was spinach and, you know, different sauces that I would make which it was, it was delicious food, but it was just done a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just all about salads, <laughs> you know, right, it was, right. Juices, it was um, plenty of avocados because of, you know, the fats that are associated with that, omegas, um, our enzymes that we need to keep intact within our body, um, broccoli, I had a combination, the list kind of goes on. So what that means is I had a variety of food to eat, but I just refused to eat any type of fruits or any type of, uh, I had no sugar in my diet. Mm -hmm. And now um, coming back, I do eat a little fruit uh, to this, you know, on a daily basis, but not as much, you know, I eat them during season. Like, you know, for instance, watermelon. Yeah, I came up with watermelon in, in, uh, in July. That's the only time I would eat it. I won't eat it in, in any time, you know, like uh, December, or January, February, March, April, May. I won't eat any, any mm -hmm. of it. I mean, it's not like they don't have it here, but they do. But, you know, I, you want to eat foods that are in season. And those are, uh, that's what my diet was, consists of that. Um, however, um, there are so many creative ways to eat uh, different vegetables. Um, even if you, uh, a person that said, well, I like, I don't want to have too much salt, but what type of vegetables? I mean, for me, 
my celery was my salt, you know, mm-hmm. I would grind that up and turn it into powder and I would use it on my food mm-hmm. you know, as well. So, uh, and it was a salt free and oil free lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so, um, usually my body at that time had gotten so used to not eating before 10 a.m., but I would have some water, you know, lime, lemon or lime water, maybe some cayenne pepper, it depends on how <laughs> I would add to the water. And then I would probably have a green juice around uh, 11, 12 o'clock. That'll be my lunch. And then my meals would go from there mm-hmm. during the day. And then I would have tea in the mix of that, like a, you know, ginger root, you know, uh, dandelion root, whatever it may be. And then, you know, also during that time, I would still get high doses of vitamin C intravenously. So, and we know that shrink tumors as well. Um, and that was my entire lifestyle and working out every day. Did you feel better <laughs> as a result? I mean, certainly it helped with the <laughs> answer, but I, I mean, it's oh kind gosh, of a layup yes. question. <laughs> I tell you what, my granddaughter's, uh, was just you talking about jumping around with them, turning flips. I even forgot, I didn't even believe I could do it, hula hooping, because, you know, the lifestyle before, and then I get in, it's just a burst of energy. Yeah. And I was just this energy ball, you know, being raw, you just full of energy, and I was full of light, and I was so grateful, you know, every day, just filled with life and love and just being grateful for another day. It's just even, you know, I'm, I'm talking like then, but I'm still saying that as far as now, mm-hmm. you know, and some things, sometimes I go, oh God, how do I do all that? How do I, how can I do all of this? Yeah. You know, and it's, and, and, you know, you just yeah. can't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you're, and this is what, this is what we talk about. You know, you're, you're operating at a very high frequency. I mean, you know, when did, when did all this unfold with the colon cancer diagnosis? What year was that? 2015. Yeah. So, you know, that was like eight years ago then about eight Uh years ago. Yeah. And so you're eight years older, but your energy level is probably 20 years younger. Yeah, absolutely. Because then I felt like I was old lady. Now, you know, I was sluggish. Yeah. I had a lot of brain fog. Yeah. And I just, you know, my life was, wasn't uh, where it is today. You know, a lot of things I thought I needed back then that I don't, you know, I needed a lot of makeup. I needed a lot of, you know, I, I just had a different lifestyle. So yeah. it was totally different. Yeah. Well, you've yeah. got that plant-based glow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when we came into your cafe, and we were so grateful you were there because we did come back, by the way, um, and the guys were there. And so yeah. we missed you because we brought our friend, uh, Demetria, who kind of introduced us to your cafe. She said, well, when you guys get to Kansas City, you know, she's like sending us the link. So, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, I, we're so grateful that we were able to actually meet you in person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely beautiful woman, you know, just your soul, just your physical appearance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just and both of you cool. are are too. It was wonderful <laughs> meeting both of you. Yeah, you know, full of love and life, right? 
and yeah. full of love and light. And what you're doing, you're doing amazing work. You know, and I always say we're foot soldiers, right? That's what yeah. We're yeah. That's so true. Absolutely. So true. So Absolutely. true. And yeah. it's so funny. Um, when we were sitting in your cafe, you had a slogan that really connected with us because one of the things we always you know, say is that we need to be healthy for our purpose, for our divine purpose. And so we were sitting there and we saw a phrase that I kind of want you just to talk a little about because I thought it was so powerful. You said, all food should have a purpose. And we love that because I think a lot of times, let's face it, we're eating mindlessly, right? Mm -hmm. We're eating for, you know, like not even any purpose at all, just maybe Mm -hmm. just to fill a satisfaction or to fill some kind of void and when you said all food should be eaten with a purpose that really struck me so can you just talk a little bit about that philosophy that you put on your, your it, stuff it, it it took me back to when I really started thinking about that was my children when they were little you know they would scarf the food down their mouths and don't even think about the why they're eating it and just just to get their tummies big and full, right? They tell me it's big and full. But for for us and for now, the now which we're in, everything should everything we do should have a purpose behind it. Even the foods that we partake in it, uh, take in. And that's why I know that when I prepare food, I want it to look a certain way for you. You know, because once that, I think the healing process starts with the first bite, right? And that's how I train my staff. The food should be made with a purpose. Okay, so what is the purpose? We had a staff meeting this morning. What's the purpose of this meal today? How are you going to create it? Well, my energy is flawless. Whoever, whoever partakes in this, in this taco, their, wherever their body is in a, dis, dis, you know, um, um, that's off balance is going to create balance to the body. And those are words that we say before we create. And I, I say that to people as well, that everything that we put into our body and we eat or consume should have a purpose to it, right? And if we, we're diabetic or if we have um, um, going through a divorce or whatever it is, what is the purpose of that meal that you're getting ready to partake in your body? What, what is it going to do for you? You know, how is it going to benefit you? And so with that, that's, that's one of the reasons why I say that food should have a purpose, right? When you digest it. Because certain food that we eat uh, cause, you know, some, some people have gut issues, right? And so if you know if you eat that burger, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. what's the purpose of that but for you to get sick that's your purpose for you to walk out of here wobble out of here you know out of someplace not out of here sorry not out of deep yeah. <laughs> someplace else not out of your cafe <laughs> and you still in pain you know so that served no purpose for you it served no zero purpose for you and your body mm-hmm. so what do you, you know so how do you create that day, just like when we get up that day, you know, we talk about intentions, but intentions are great, but what is your purpose for that day? Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. I just, I, I love using purpose a lot. 
Yeah. You know, intentions are could be the same, but I just think that we should we should have a purpose for our life that day. What is that purpose? What are you gonna, you know, when you eat that soup, what is that? What is that? Because we actually I think that everything that we partake in, eat, surround ourselves with becomes us anyway. You know, you become that, you be, you become that, uh, those soulful tacos y'all ate the other day when you were here. <laughs> those were so good. And the, and the, and the kale, yeah. And the kale, yeah. Yeah, because your body's alive. Yeah. It's living. And so you had all this living food. It's like, if I was like, oh, yay, you know, yes. and that's what it does. So. I hope I kind of answered that in a way where you did. You did. I want to. I want to pivot a little bit to <laughs> talk about the veg fests that you're hosting and just tell us a little more about both of them. Do you do this every year? Like, give us the, the rundown on the on the two veg fests. So, so I believe when when God said, you know, um, that you owe me one. <laughs> <laughs> because I believe that, you know, I remember hearing it so, so well is that, you know, once I help you to heal yourself, you have to go and tell everybody what I've done. Right. So I was trying to do little mini workshops in our community, in the African-American community at that time, nobody really wanted to listen to what I had to say, but my other counterparts would show up, you know, tons, but I wouldn't see anyone that looked like me at my workshops. And I would go home and sob my eyes out, you know, sobbing. And I'm like, God, you told me to do this and they're not showing up. And he was saying, I didn't tell you to do that. I told you to do something bigger than that, right? You're supposed to do something bigger than that. That's it. Mm. That's that's okay. But no, it's supposed to be bigger than that. And then all of a sudden, I heard about a veg fest in New York that I had went and I spoke at. I, they they got a hold of me for me to speak at the veg fest, and I thought veg fest. Oh my gosh! And so I said, Oh, is that it? God, it's such a great massive movement, right? We just start moving. And so we created uh, Midwest Soul Veg Fest, uh, I did here in Kansas City, where we not only bring people together, but we bring people together uh, on a platform of wellness. We make it fun and exciting. The message is there, the language is there for um, people of color to come and participate as well as um, Everybody is invited. So with that, we created uh, what I call pockets. And these pockets are kids corner, seniors corner, you know, and uh, we have national speakers that, that come out and uh, speak to, um, speak at the event. We have live music, great DJ, lots of vegan vendors. We have businesses that are vegan, but we've converted them into uh, participating and now they're making vegan food. And it is, we have farmers to come out to demonstrate workshops. And this event is so 
uh, I believe Midwest Soul Veg Fest is, is so awesome because you do not leave, you know, just going, oh, this great event, and then you go home, you don't know what to do. But we help and support you. There's, there's, uh, you take, um, we do, we have surveys there, you take the information with you, and we support you even after VegFest. We make phone calls to see what you need, how we can support you with recipes, how you can move forth on this lifestyle. We even have sanctuaries come out with the piggies are running around, the chickens are running around. So it is wonderful because we want people to see this is, this is what we're eating, you know? Look at it, it's alive just like you are. Because sometimes we, it's a disconnect. You go in a grocery store, it looks all pretty and neat but you need to see it for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so Little Rock Veg Fest, uh, I decided Little Rock is my home and I was doing, um, hosting this wellness um, festival in Kansas City and I was, you know, people were like, well, why don't you do something in your own hometown? You know, like, you're right, let's go to Little Rock. So I don't know, we're just making, <laughs> we're in Little Rock now, so. Yeah, we're, we'll continue to grow. It is a movement and we want people to stay, um, to stay well. And this is the way that we do it. And, and it's not just about food. Like I said, it's about the environment. It's about our spirit. It's about the soul. And it's all connected to it. Mm-hmm. And this is how we get the information out to the masses. And uh, I know that you, you, you're coming. Which one? Where are you speaking? Little Rock or Kansas City? <laughs> It's wherever you want us to speak, we'll come. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Little Rock would be a great platform because you have someone there already mm-hmm. and it will be a great opportunity. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's our first one. And so far, we've had over a thousand people to register for Little Rock. Nice. Yeah, Little Rock Veg Fest. Nice. And Little Rock Veg Fest is September 30th from uh, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Midwest Soul Veg Fest that's held in Kansas City. This will be our fifth year, um, October 7th, uh, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Swope Pavilion. Okay. Right here in Kansas City. And we'll add the details to the show notes <laughs> of, of both VegFest. So yeah. uh, I, I know it's going to be an overwhelming success and you're going to change many, many lives. Because I know when you start getting this information out yeah. into the right hands, because a lot of times, you know, it's I think with all three of us, you know, when we had a health event like mm-hmm. it, and, and something happened, that's mm-hmm. when that change, you know, you're more receptive to change versus you know, even though we talk about preventing all these diseases, eating this way, sometimes it takes the event to, to make the pivot because it's so ingrained um, that, you know, they're going, you know, there's a lot of people out there really struggling with different illnesses that this lifestyle can absolutely help. Yeah. um, So I think it's a beautiful thing with what you're doing. Thank you so much. And the majority of folks that do show up aren't vegan. You know, they're curious and they're ready to take their life back. And last year I had a, um, a cardiologist that talked about, you know, he's a cardiologist for over 40 years and said, you know, um, he no longer want to do surgery anymore. You know, he's saying people, this is the easiest disease to reverse. And this is how you can do it. And it's the number one killer. 
Yeah. Exactly. And the movement of him being there, because sometimes, you know, we can say it all day long, right? They have to, some people are still, oh, well, doctor don't say it's not true. You know, you can't, it can't be done. But that's one of the reasons why I have the cutting edge doctors uh, at every event. So people can see it is real. If an MD is saying this, and they change their lives because they know it's real, even for them and for their own health. And here we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even your own personal story. I mean, your doctor was like, oh, there's nothing that can be done. And then there you go. And now they're like looking for it because they're like, what happened? Where'd it go? And so, but yeah, and, and Cersei and I have had several you know, MDs on our podcast yeah. and they all say the same thing. You ask yeah. the question, how much nutrition education did you get in medical school? They well, said hardly any. It was like they <laughs> learned about, you know, maybe yeah. like feeding tubes, you know, if somebody gets shot yeah. and they're in the ER and they got to do a feeding tube or the, right. or the, or the pyramid, you know, before it was uh-huh. the my plate, and it was a pyramid. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's all they learn. They don't understand that food is medicine. Like a lot of them don't. I mean, you know, thankfully there's organizations like American College of Lifestyle Medicine and the Plantrition Project that are changing that. But when you look at medical schools, even today, they just don't have that food is medicine curriculum built into their um, into the, into the education for, you know, training doctors, sadly. So your point about people listening to their doctors, you do have to listen to your doctor, but you also have to, you have to, you have to, it's kind of a trust, but verify (laughs) thing Yeah, Um, and and say, okay, okay. You're saying there's no hope. What do you know about lifestyle medicine? What do you know is food Uh, is medicine? And so you got to kind of flip the script and ask them the question, make sure they're qualified to answer the question you had in the first place. (laughs) Because, you know, they're still practicing medicine. And don't get me wrong, I love doctors. And I think you should go just to, you know, figure out what's going on in your body. And then once you know, it's up to you to make that choice. Mm -hmm. No one should have power over your body but yourself. That's right. We give up our power so much to you know, doctors, you know, we need to take our power back and say, thank you, doctor. So, you know, and you can ask these questions, but still it's up to you. Even if you choose to have surgery, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't choose, do what you want to do. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's your choice. It's up yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah. And your story is also very powerful in another sense that you, you talk to God about it. You, you, so you prayed on it, you talked to God, you meditated, listened to his voice. But what I love about it is you co-labored with him to make oh, the change. Absolutely. And I think that's really important for people who are listening to this to understand that you the prayer is so important, that talking mm-hmm. to God is so important, but it's also, there's also a co-laboring. God wants you to exactly. do something and you, and, and you have to listen for that and follow that. And when you hear it, cause I am, I'm notorious, you know, when yeah. God nudges me, Ooh, I, yeah. I can be very disobedient. You know, like when God was telling me to give up the coffee, I was like, well, but it makes me so productive <laughs> in the morning. So, you know, you have to really be honest with yourself when you are having that conversation with God and he's telling you to do something that you are obedient in that yeah. and that you're not, you know, you're not just heavily weighed towards just yeah. constantly praying, yeah. but not necessarily doing the work. Mm-hmm. 
for making the change. Yeah, because you made the change, you know. Sometimes we want the instant miracle, but God is like, I'm giving you the miracle. The miracle is for you to change. And that's the thing. And and it's a process. And people should know that, you know, uh, I had to stay in it. I had to... I had to know that there was a rainbow at the end of that tunnel, you know, because that was a two year, that was a, a, a whole process of two years for me. And I didn't waver at all. I lost friends, you know, I lost uh, loved ones. I lost family because they wanted me to have surgery and they didn't believe in my way. So I had to say, okay, you got to go because God told me something else. And I can't do it this way. This way is not going to work for me. Yeah. You know, and even having to go through this process with one of my sons that was so sad. We know they love us, but they don't understand. Some people don't understand the relationship that you have with God and what God said to you. He didn't deliver that to anybody else. He delivered it to you. So, you know, it's your choice. What are you going to do? Listen to him or listen to your friend? <laughs> so I decided it was hard. Don't get me wrong, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but um, I believed and I had faith. And so, and I did it. Mm, wow. Your story is an inspiration, it's a blessing. And I think people listening to this, uh, Gigi, it's going to give them hope because I think um, there's so many people that are in the situation that you were at. And sometimes, like you said, fear takes over. Um, mm-hmm. And um, thank you for being a blessing and thank you for answering the call to what God had for your life. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for joining us on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your God-ordained purpose. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Until we meet again, keep honoring your body for your purpose.